0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text today is going to be taken from the reading in Ephesians. You may be seated. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for bringing us to the beginning of another new year. And Father, as we look back on the past year, we pray uh, we would do so uh, through your Son, Jesus Christ, knowing that our sins are forgiven and our eternity is secure through his shed blood. We pray today, O Lord, that as we hear your word, you would strengthen us in our faith and grant us your wisdom. And now, O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's do a show of hands here today. How many of you have made a New Year's resolution? Let's see the hands. Like six of you? Wow, okay, very good. Now, how many of you have already failed at your resolution? All right, that's what I'm talking about. Very good. How many of you are a little more like me where you've just kind of stopped making resolutions because you're really honest with yourself, right? All right, very good. Now, some people might call us quitters. I think we're honest, you see, because we know how these things go. Uh, But as you begin to go into a new year, there's something about this time of year that causes us to look back and to look forward. And what we start doing is we start looking back and deciding that there's things we want to do differently. There's things we want to change. We want to be better. We want to do better. We want the future to be somewhat better than the past. And so we resolve. We make resolutions. We're going to change things and move forward in this way. We're going to kick the bad habits and start some good habits or vice versa, I don't know. Anyhow, it's not such a bad thing, is it? It's not a bad thing to set goals for yourself. It's not a bad thing uh, to uh, pursue a better lifestyle and to improve your life. Though, to be honest, it can be somewhat frustrating. And if you take this sort of thing all too seriously, it can be somewhat condemning. Now, I hope you're the sort of person who can laugh at yourself when you fail in mid-January. I hope you're that sort of person. But if not, hear this. You're not the sort of person who can laugh at your failures hear this You are not your successes, and you are not your failures whether it comes to your resolutions Or it comes to anything in your life. You are not defined by your success and you are not defined by your failures No, you are a person you are defined by this that you are a person for whom Jesus Christ has died and all of your righteousness is in him alone So that you are free to make resolutions and celebrate your successes and laugh at your failures. You are free to have fun with it and not take it too seriously. Because you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. But this makes me think that there is something we want to talk about here today. Because New Year's resolutions, as trite as they may be, do tend to reflect the way many people, and perhaps even you, will think about uh, your faith, your religion, your relationship with God, if we want to use that phrase. We tend to do it like this, where we look at our past and we see our sins and we see our failures and we want to turn away from those things and we want to turn clo- towards God and be closer to God and be better and do more for God. And so we make certain resolutions. I'll start going to church more. I'll start reading my Bible more. I'll start praying more. I'll start uh, going to Bible study or I will start praying. Sharing my faith more and more and we resolve to be more faithful and we resolve to be more holy And many people believe that this is what makes someone a Christian or this is what the Christian life consists of striving and doing and becoming But let us not forget as we move into this new year that the quality of the success you find in your spiritual pursuits is not what makes you a Christian at all. It does not establish your relationship with God, and it certainly doesn't sustain your relationship with God. As good as it is to read your Bible more, and to pray more, and to be more open with your faith, and to go to church more, of course these are all good things, all things we ought to be doing. They are not what make your faith. They are not what save you, they are not what justify you, and they are not what establishes your relationship with God. Your relationship with god is not based on your flimsy resolutions, but on his all-powerful resolution When he decided to save you and make you his own When he resolved to declare you to be justified in his beloved child So as we move into 2020 into a new year into a new decade What we're going to do this morning is we're going to examine the resolutions that God has made for you that we find in our reading from the book of Ephesians today. Now, our resolutions are flimsy and weak. God's resolution is strong. When God makes a decision, when he decides to do something, this is actually gospel. It is good news for us because God always accomplishes what he decides to do. Listen to what he says to the prophet Malachi in the Old Testament. I, the Lord, do not change. If I decide to do it, I'm not going to change it. I'm going to do it. Or listen to what Moses teaches us in Numbers. God is not a man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? In other words, God is a God of his word. What he decides to do, he does. What he promises, he carries out. What he resolves, he fulfills. Ours is a God resolved. And he is resolved to save you. To give you his son, Jesus Christ. This is where we come to today, and we arrive at this wonderful word that we find in our reading from Ephesians, This word predestination. Now, if you've ever been in a Bible study and you've heard someone say predestination, what do you want to do? I want to get up and leave. That's exactly right. Because you know you're going to fight. Everyone's going to argue. Do we have free will? Don't we have free will? Did God decide everything? Are we all fatalists? And oh my goodness, the philosophy moves in and it's all scary and angry and fighting and all this wonderful stuff. But actually, predestination is a gospel word. It is a good news word it simply means that god decided before the foundation of the world before you were even born god decided that he was going to send his son jesus christ to save you it was a decision he made before you even existed god chose you to be his own and decided to save you from sin death and the devil that's what predestination means now Obviously the question of free will is going to come up and don't I have a choice in the matter in all of this? Here's the thing. God knew his chances, what his chances would be if he gave you a choice. So he's not giving you one. He's just telling you I saved you. I've decided to save you and make you my own. I love you. I know my chances when I put matters into your hands so I'll take care of things here. I saved you through sending my son Jesus Christ to die for you. I've done all the work. You are forgiven. You are free. That's what predestination means. And so it's wonderful news when we hear this in the Scriptures, that God's decision will be fulfilled for us. Listen to what Paul says today as he writes to the Ephesians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him, in love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ in other words god decided he resolved to adopt you as his child through jesus christ according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has blessed us with which he has blessed us in the beloved god has both decided to save you and he has sent jesus christ To make it happen. And this gives us great hope and it gives us great confidence as we look forward into 2020 and even on really into eternity. That whatever we face, whatever we go through, we have God who has decided to save us. And nothing, Romans tells us, nothing in all of creation is going to separate us from that love. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to think about that resolution God made, and as we go through Ephesians, we're actually going to find two very significant decisions or resolutions God made that give us hope and confidence as we go into the future. This is what God has decided to do for us. So we'll find two here. Now, actually, if you go through Ephesians, you'll probably find like 500 things God has done for us, but we don't have that much time today, so we're just going to go for two things here. So here's the first resolution we find in Ephesians. The first thing we find is that God resolved, and here's the word he uses, to redeem you. God resolved, he decided before the foundation of the world to redeem you. It says this, "...in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will." According to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. That's one really long sentence. Uh, and There's a lot there, but the thing I want to focus on there is the opening part. God decided to redeem you through the blood of Jesus Christ, to grant to you the forgiveness of sins. The idea here is that you and I, through faith, have been purchased by God. We are his possession. We belong to him. Now I know many of you are over Christmas. You're done with Christmas, so a a shopping metaphor might not be your favorite thing this morning. But look around you. We have one day of Christmas left, and I'm not letting go of it all that quickly. Okay, today is the 12th day of Christmas, so we will still sing joy to the world with a tree next to us. It's a wonderful thing. All right. Now, but we need to think about this redemption metaphor, not just in terms of shopping like you exchange a coupon, it's much deeper than that. The idea here is this, is that you and I, apart from Christ, live in slavery under the tyranny of Satan. And apart from Christ, in our sin, we have actually sold ourselves into that slavery. Apart from Christ, we belong to the devil and we are his slaves because of our sin, okay? This is who we are apart from Christ. Now, the only way to get out from under this tyranny, the only way to get out of this, is death. And that's not a really happy option. Death is the only way out. We are bound, therefore, to sin, to death, and to the devil, apart from Christ. It is hopeless, apart from Christ. But we are not apart from Christ. For God resolved to redeem us, to rescue us from this slavery. And if the only way to be set free from this slavery was death, then God decided to send his son, Jesus Christ, to die the death for you and for me to die in your place. He came to pay the full redemption price and to purchase us back. And as as Peter tells us, not with precious gold or silver, but with his own holy precious blood, which he shed for you. He's bought you back. He has forgiven the sins that enslaved you. What this means then is that as you look back on the last year as you look back on your life And you see those sins and those things make you feel guilty and ashamed and it weighs heavy down on you What you need to understand is all of that all of that is forgiven through the blood of jesus christ You are forgiven through the blood of jesus christ because he paid for your sins on the cross and set you free You are forgiven because god resolved to redeem you And he carried it out by sending his son, Jesus Christ. So now you belong to God. You are redeemed, and now there's more. There's another thing God resolved to do. Not only did God resolve to redeem you from the tyranny of Satan, he also resolved to bring you into his place, to bring you into his presence, to have you with him for all of eternity. Paul calls this today an inheritance. God's resolved to give you an inheritance. Listen to what he says. In him, in Christ, uh, through all that the work he has done for us, we have obtained an inheritance, having been, and here's our word again, predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will so that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. God has transferred you out of the place of slavery and now brought you into his kingdom He has taken you from a fate of death and brought you into the inheritance that is awaiting you in eternal life This is the way we talk about the resurrection of the dead God since he has taken away your sins and taken you away from satan has actually set you free He's not set you. He's not taken you from one slavery into another form of slavery. He's brought you into freedom Freedom from your sins, because those are washed away and cleansed in the blood of Christ. Freedom from the devil, because Christ has purchased you back from him, and you don't belong to him anymore. And now we talk about freedom from death, that this is not your fate. That just as Christ rose from the dead, so too will you and I rise, and we will live in the presence of our God for all of eternity. Through his death and resurrection, Jesus Christ has prepared this for you, because God decided to give that to you before the foundation of the world. God has resolved not to let death have the final word over you. But to give you life in his kingdom, reigning with Jesus Christ forever. God made the decision. He's predestined you. Now, whenever we talk about this stuff, the question becomes, how do you know that? How can you say that? How can you say that someone is predestined? You can't go back before the foundations of the world and access the hidden mind of God. How can we say that? Well, we can say that. Because God who decides before the foundation of the world doesn't keep his decision hidden up in heaven But actually has it proclaimed to the world He has it declared to you so that when you hear it and when you believe it, you know that it is true for you Listen to what Paul says here today In him in Christ you also you hearers When you heard the word of truth The gospel of your salvation and believed in him You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire a possession of it to the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit, in other words, has come to you now in this word and he has taken you as his own so that he might give to you everything that Jesus Christ has earned for you and tell you this good news. God decided to save you. You see, the entire triune God is at work in this saving activity to bring you to salvation. God has sealed you with this Holy Spirit, created faith in your heart so that you trust him. And he will not let go of you. He will not abandon you. He will carry you on into eternal life. He is your seal and your guarantee. This is a wonderful thing. Because whatever you do now in the new year, whatever resolutions you succeed in or struggle to keep, you have this promise and you have this confidence that God has resolved to save you, that Christ has carried out that salvation on the cross, and the Holy Spirit through the Word has now delivered it to you as a seal and a guarantee of your eternal life. God has resolved for you. All praise be to his name. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks that you have resolved through your Son, Jesus Christ, to put your word in our ears and our hearts today. We pray, O Lord, that you would teach us always through faith to cling to these promises. But Lord, even when our faith is weak and flimsy, hold on to us by the power of your Spirit. For you have promised to grant him to us in baptism, and you have promised to never leave us and never forsake us. Grant us confidence in your promises, in Jesus' name. Amen.